This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. In the 1992 horror classic Candyman, the location at the heart of the film was the Cabrini Green housing development, which loomed over Chicago's near north side. The film was reintroduced to audiences this year in a remake co-written by Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele. WBEZ's Lisa Labas spoke with TikTok historian Sherman Dilla Thomas about the notorious housing complex and the real-life crimes that inspired the film. For people who might not have seen the original Candyman film, and I'm talking to myself here, give me and us a 30-second synopsis of what happens. Okay, so really quickly, an African-American guy uh, committed the heinous crime of impregnating a white lady, and for that crime... He was killed and attacked by a mob. Uh, His body was dumped on what would become the uh, site for the Cabrini Green projects. And it is in that project that uh, he becomes the Candyman killer. Uh, You have to say his name in a bathroom mirror five times in order for him to appear. And uh, with his hook, you get killed. Uh, His hook. He's got a hook for a hand. Yeah, absolutely. That's creepy. So why does Cabrini Green make sense as the setting for a horror film? Another very good question, Lisa. Uh, Particularly that uh, project, notoriously, if you were attacked by someone or you might have seen someone hurt someone else, um, you kind of just got to walk past the the person who committed those crimes and mind your business the same way they did in the movie. And so uh, the residents there had to deal with a lot of stuff and eventually they, they stopped complaining and just lived with it. And so in Candyman, you'll see that they live with a horror killer. They even leave uh, razor blade bowls of candy and honor so that he doesn't mess with them type of thing. And a lot of that happened in the Cabrini Green projects. After a while, uh, the police wouldn't respond to calls. And, and, and some of that rightfully, understandably so, right? A lot of those buildings were one way in, one way out. Uh, but the residents there had to learn to live with the uh, the monsters within, if you will, the, the same way they did in the movie. So now the film references... An actual murder that happened in Chicago in, in one of the uh, public housing buildings, uh, the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy. And she was killed by intruders who came into her apartment through her bathroom medicine cabinet. Tell, tell me a little bit about that case and the significance about the bathroom cabinet. Uh, they built the apartment units so that the bathrooms were wall-to-wall backed up. And in between the mirrors was maybe about a foot or two. So that, say, if your apartment had a plumbing issue, I could go through your neighbor's apartment, open up their medicine cabinet, and fix your plumbing. Well, but that's also, you know, very unsecure. It was kind of shoddy architecture. And what would happen is people would, when they find out you left for work or if they wanted to attack you, like in this case, they could simply just open their bathroom cabinet mirror and, you know, kick yours or push yours through and crawl right into your apartment. So then public housing really isn't just the setting for this film, but also it's a villain. Yeah, absolutely. You uh, may have recalled uh, infamously Jane Byrne, our our one-time mayor, moved in and kind of show that uh, crime wasn't that bad. She promised to stay there a year. Uh, She ended up only making it a couple weeks. And and, and the building that she moved into became one of the highest grossing drug buildings in Chicago. 
because of the fortifications she put in place to take care of herself while she was there. But when they left, they didn't pull any of that down. So the the Candyman remake film that was released this year, it revisits a lot of these same themes. You've got segregation and neglect and corruption in public housing, and that's 30 years later. So why is it still relevant today? Well, it's, it's relevant in a number of different ways. When we talk about the population of Chicago, we're, we're quick to point out that the population is going down. But uh, we all, we never point out that the removal of uh, public housing projects without a plan to rehouse these people displace, you know, tens of thousands of people. But it's also still relevant because that was once people's homes. And so people have connections to that land and to those projects. A lot of our Chicago luminaries are from uh, Chicago housing projects, in particular, Maurice Cheeks, who's a famous basketball player and coach. Uh, uh, Kim Fox is actually from Cabrini Green. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, call that place home and that that realize that if there was better infrastructure and maintenance and support from uh, the Chicago Housing Authority, it, it may have been a viable community. Sherman Dilla Thomas is a local historian, uh, and you can find him on TikTok and every other Tuesday right here on WBEZ. Thanks so much, Dilla. Hey, thanks, Lisa.